Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hi, I'm Kylie Merritt, the founder of AusBiz. Our goal at AusBiz is to provide you with news and information you can use to make better investment decisions, whether it's live, on demand, in the newsletter, or a podcast like the COB. We make it available at no cost to you. The bigger our audience, the more we can invest in great content. So I have a favour to ask. If you could take a minute to leave a review of the COB in the Apple Podcast app, it'll help us grow. And of course, don't forget to catch up with all the best interviews each day at osbiz.com.au. Thanks for listening. From Barangaroo Studios, the Osbiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello from Ausbiz HQ here at Barangaroo. This is the COB, the stuff you need to know about the day in business, finance, and startups. I'm Nadine Blaney. Pleased to be welcomed by Annette Beecher today. How was the day, Annette? It started off pretty well, actually, and then sort of just fizzled out as we found out the uh, corporate watchdog is snapping at a few heels. Oh, yeah, that happened pre-market open, so... NAB in uh, the Austrac sites. We've also got Austrac looking into some of those in the casino world. So that includes Crown Perth, it includes Sky City and Star Entertainment. So yeah, nothing like a bit of, um, you know, Austrac action to get things going on a Monday. Sure is. And of course, we uh, also found out pretty early on today that 11 new cases in Victoria, which uh, put a bit of a dampener on the reopening trade. So travel stocks collectively were an underperformer today as well. Sure, sure, sure were. But um, we had a bit of M&A activity as well. So Altium rejecting a bid from the NASDAQ-listed Autodesk. It's uh, up by 40%. So <laughs> clearly investors are seeing some blue sky ahead. Uh, Altium's though, there's been a bit of you know market talk on this one saying that the rejection may not herald an improved offer. So that is coming from RBC Capital Market saying that the takeover approach on valuation grounds just may not lead to a materially improved offer. That's always the risk, right? When mm. you when you reject an, a reject an offer out and out, but chances are somebody will come to the table with something better. At least that's what investors seem to be thinking. It was up thirty odd percent or something. So the forty, mar- yeah, forty. 40 the oh, so yeah, the market definitely thinks it's ripe for picking. <coughs> and um, look. We've got Hanson with a $1.3 billion takeover offer from BGH. Has the board's approval. Also has endorsement from the CEO, who's a major shareholder. And again, some market talk on this one saying that uh, the tech company appears to be well down the road in negotiations with its suitor. But Ordmanet is not ruling out another party attempting to gate crash a deal. So another takeover there possible there. 
Um, but look, nobody really saw this one coming, including Ordmanette. So yeah, a bit of juices going on this Monday. Yeah, sure, because we're a bit sort of quiet for news. Non-fun payrolls was widely labelled a Goldilocks report, i.e. strong enough to show a, def- a definite improvement in hiring, but not so strong that it rattled the markets. And in fact, so from that perspective, it was a market sweet spot. Yeah, and I know that this morning you were sort of saying, well, technically it did disappoint, but I suppose there was enough in the metrics that it wasn't, uh, you know, all doom and gloom. And we had Yellen out talking about the fact that there will be rate rises down the road, which, you know, a little bit controversial. Some saying, should the Treasury Secretary be out there, um, you know, perhaps speaking uh, at a turn in terms of what the Fed is trying to communicate. But I disagree. I think she's well within her rights. Oh, I think monetary and fiscal policy have had to work together uh, in, in the pandemic. So I think just discussing that the fiscal policy is so massive and even yet to be unleashed on the economy. So I think she has every right to say that interest rates may not stay this low forever. Well, and it's true. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, that's uh, the way the world works now. It seems lower for longer could be a reality or Annette do you think things might change or have the potential to change after the CPI read that comes this week? I still think the idea that two numbers are still classed as transitory but to be fair we haven't had this in writing yet we've still got some board members at the Fed saying that we need to talk tapering now plenty saying that we don't and we're now mercifully in a Fed blackout so we don't have to listen to this on a daily basis this for this week at least. You and I are a little bit different sometimes (laughs) Annette I don't mind reading what these Fed speakers have to say I know You also think that the RBA can be a bit too verbose at some times. Now, what are you thinking about the RBA, particularly given the great run of economic data that we've been getting? Yes, the Victoria lockdown could potentially become more of a concern if it continues to be extended. But, I mean, we'll get data tomorrow that will likely point to strong business conditions Mm. and confidence. So, I mean... It, has the RBA just just been too firm in its communication about the 2024 and about the July month? I think it's it has boxed itself into a corner. I've got a very short view in the COB today basically saying that, you know, it's pretty consensus that they don't need to push out that three-year bond purchase from April to November. I think that's that's pretty well versed. But do we really need $5 billion of purchases every week in perpetuity? I think for safety's sake, they should say, yes, we are, and we will review in a few months. They need some flexibility now because they've. I think they've boxed themselves into delivering a policy where the outlook was still so uncertain. It's been proven now that lockdowns, are followed by a snapback. I Mm -hmm. mean, look at that first quarter GDP report. How many snap lockdowns in the northern beaches, in Perth, in Brisbane, all throughout that quarter there were snap lockdowns and yet we managed a blockbuster quarter. So the RBA has to start the tiptoe process somehow. All right. Well, we will see. Plenty of water to go under the bridge in terms of central banks this week. We get the ECB meeting. We also have the Bank of Canada. So it's widely expected to leave monetary policy unchanged. There was a little bit of a disappointment on the employment front uh, late last week. Nevertheless, if we continue to see an announcement of further tapering, I mean, that would 
still put Bank of Canada in one of the more hawkish camps around the world. Yeah, I th- think just because they've had a, a couple of misses here and there. Bank of Canada are very good at the bigger picture. Their whole policy is about when will slack be absorbed and that is a 12-month time frame, So, which is rarely derailed after one report. So they really did shock the market on the 21st of April, which is the last time they met. They brought forward the first rate hike and they announced tapering. So I think they've deployed everything they need to do. So hopefully this week should just be a placeholder. Okay, so we are on Central Bank Watch again this week. Look, we love equities. And just to run you through the worst performers, to Annette's point, it was the travel names, corporate travel, web, jet, flight center, Mesa Blast as well, disappointing the market last week with a bigger loss than had been anticipated. Uh, Altium, Appen, EML, and Austell, the best performers today. Now that we're back comfortably in equities land, let's get across the stock of the day, shall we? It was Growth Point Properties. And Kashi sat down with Mathan Samasandram from Deep Data Analytics and Gaurav Sodhi from The Intelligent Investor. Here are their thoughts on growth point. Um, this is late cycle valuation. Um, wow. So this is where you sell into that valuation because um, the numbers always going to look at the, the late cycle is going to look good, as good as it gets. Um, now, th- look, a lot of these have turned around. Like if you're telling me industrial property is not good, uh, you're about it 12 months late, Right. everyone knows. Yep. Um, so they've done well. Uh, look, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with them. I think they're quite solid. They've done relatively well. But just be aware that the growth doesn't come through as cash. This is, again, this is low quality mm. growth that, yeah, that's, that's recognized on the accounts, but mm, not right. doesn't fall through. Right. I'm probably a bit more um, circumspect than, than Nathan. I don't know about right. uh, yeah, interest rates look silly, but the, the central banks are standing behind them. Right. It could stay this low for a while yet. And yeah. if they stay low, growth time will do fine. Okay, so Gaurav, looking at the REITs a little bit more favorably in this low interest rate environment, but uh, it's a sell for Nathan. If you'd like to catch up with that entire episode of The Call, you can do so. And don't forget, you don't have to watch it. You can actually listen to it in podcast form as well, if this is your preferred medium. Annette, there's a number of great uh, interviews that you can access via the show notes, just in case you didn't get them the first time around. That was more of a message for our (laughs) listeners. We've got two small caps that are fighting fit post-COVID. A guy I really respect, Richard Ivers from Prime Value Asset Management, runs the ruler over them. Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool also uh, gives a couple of picks. And Matthew Hodge from Morningstar talks about some of the less overvalued. So that's an interesting way to put it. Less overvalued stocks to yeah, consider. I, I was part of that interview and he, he basically said there's too much in, you know, in these stocks. He's still holding them. But in terms of fresh money, I think a lot of our – guest today was talking about what do you do with your new money and it just seems to be yeah whatever's uh the least overvalued (laughs) yeah well sign of the times hashtag 2021 listen good day today thanks for everything uh everybody who contributed to ausbiz today we always appreciate your time if you're listening and Annette, why don't we uh, call it a night? I think we'll call it a night. I've got some data to chew on tomorrow, yeah, so yeah. that gets my pointy head very happy. I'll be happy to, and <laughs> uh, look forward to your analysis. Okay, take Have care. Have a good night.